Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. What's going on, everybody? Jeff Rieger, another episode of The Daily Ticket. I'm outside in my backyard once again. It's hot out here, people. It's like 95 degrees, and it's September, early September. I mean, this is crazy weather, but it's going to go quick, so you should enjoy it. Speaking of enjoyment, how much did you love the college football weekend? Finally, Labor Day weekend. I hope you enjoyed the weekend and all the college football. Michigan. ECU, easy win. Michigan State, Central Michigan, easy win. How about Deion Sanders in Colorado and his son throwing for four touchdowns and 510 yards, upsetting TCU? I mean, that was amazing to watch. USC lost me some money. They covered. Who didn't love Florida State pummeling Brian Kelly and LSU on Sunday night? This was an excellent, excellent college football weekend. And to think the real thing, The NFL is so close to getting started. Before we get into it, I do want to remind you, you guys have been amazing. The comments have been great. The rates, the reviews. Can you please follow the Daily Ticket? If you haven't done so, subscribe, and we'll make sure to interact with you all the way through. Daily Ticket, new take every morning, Monday through Friday. Hope everybody loved the Labor Day weekend. Let's get to the take, shall we? Because social media is a big part of everybody's life, whether you want to admit it or not. And on the weekend, I was all over social media, not just talking about how Keon Coleman, the former Spartan, was making Spartans everywhere feel awful. I was doing a little trolling. I totally admit that. But the one constant on social media, whether it be the X that used to be Twitter or Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, it's all about Mike Evans, the fine receiver from Tampa Bay. Mike Evans is 30 years old. Last year of his contract, he wants to get paid. He wants to stay in Tampa Bay, but I don't think Tampa Bay wants to re-sign with a big extension. Mike Evans is a very good, if not great, receiver. He's been in the league for nine years, and he's got nine 1,000-yard receiving seasons. You wonder what the record is? It's Jerry Rice, the Hall of Famer. He had 11 consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons. 
So Evans is two years away from tying Rice and three years away from beating Rice. He's only 30 years old. As I sit here and I sweat, it's a little hot out here. But the consistency of one Michael Evans has been just unbelievable. 10,425 receiving yards, 81 touchdowns. That ranks top three in the NFL in each category since entering the league back in 2014. He's that good. Evans is one of five players all time to have 10,000-plus receiving yards and 80-plus receiving touchdowns in his first nine seasons. Who are the other players? They're pretty good. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison, the great Kelvin Johnson. What I'm trying to tell you is Mike Evans is a stud, and he's consistent, and it doesn't seem like he's slowing down. Now, last year, last year, a Brady tossing the football to him only had six touchdowns. But the team as a whole was falling apart. And Mike Evans still found a way to get over 1,000 yard receiving. He's in the last year of an $82.5 million contract. And he wants to remain a Bucs. He's made no secret about it. He hasn't held out. He hasn't been a problem. He's told Tampa Bay, I want to finish my career in Tampa Bay. But I don't think the Bucs want him. It makes no sense for the Bucs to want him because Tampa Bay is entering a long-term rebuild that could take two to three to four years if they do it right even. And if they sign Mike Evans to a long-term contract, they are missing the window of opportunity where Evans could actually help you. He's 30 years old. Eventually, the production is going to decline. Why would Tampa Bay re-sign him? Other than, hey, we love you, Mike, and finish out your years in Florida? That makes no sense. You got to trade him and get something for him. And Mike Evans and his representation understand that. That's why they set a deadline. Mike Evans and his representation set a deadline. By September 9th, which is a day before the Bucs play, either the Bucs give him a contract extension or they cut off conversations. Now, what I assume is going to happen is they're going to cut off conversations and they're going to end up trading Mike Evans to the highest bidder which is where the Detroit Lions come in. If you don't believe me, by the way, let me just read to you the statement from Derek Gilmore, who is his agent. Here's what he wrote a couple days ago. Quote, this is disappointing to Mike as they see other teams step up to keep pieces and players that are important to their organizations. Many players with his status would have held out a camp to not risk injury. But Mike has continued practicing hard as always because he puts his team first. Laying on the guilt pretty thick, isn't he? There's more. When you have a player that will be a Hall of Famer, and Mike will, by the way, and still has four to six more years to make an impact in the league, you move heaven and earth to keep him on your team. And he would hope ownership feels the same way. Usually when a deadline is set in place, it means that both sides... In this case, Evan's side and the Bucks, they're very far apart. Very far apart. And again, it makes zero sense for the Bucks to give Evans a long-term deal unless they just do it because, I don't know, they're nice people. You have to trade Mike Evans because you can get something from Mike Evans. And there's going to be a bidding war for Mike Evans. I could think of teams off the top of my head. The Jets, the Colts, the Bears, the Giants. 
That's just four off the top of my head that we can get into later that would like the services of Mike Evans. And you know who else would like the services? Could use the services? The Detroit Lions. They should make the deal. They should call up Tampa Bay if they haven't already and trade for Mike Evans. There's no reason not to. If you look at the Lions, the one weakness on their team probably thought to be the receiving room. They have Amon Ross St. Brown, who's their number one receiver, an absolute stud. He's awesome. Right? And then it gets a little questionable. Josh Reynolds, I like, but is he a legit number two receiver? You can answer that question for yourself or in the comment section. Marvin Jones is the oldest receiver in football. And while we love Marvin and that he wanted to come back to Detroit, are you counting on him to A, stay healthy, and B, to give you that playoff boost? I don't know. Khalif Raymond, Antoine Green, that is your receiving room. You were already a top five offense last year. If you add somebody the caliber of Mike Jones to that receiving room, think about how much better your team's going to be. Think about how dominant your offense could be. So what does Mike want? What does Mike Evans want? He wants to get paid. Pure and simple. He's thought to want a contract like Cooper Cup. Got with the Rams. Three years, $80.1 million. It's so insane to think about. Mike Evans, probably a top 12 receiver in the league. Top 10, dare I say. He's the 17th highest paid receiver in the NFL. Now, you know how these things work. Once you get paid, you become the highest paid in whatever position. And next thing you know, three, four guys sign. You're no longer the highest paid. Two, three years go by, and you're underpaid. Mike Evans wants to be paid. Great Lions. They have the fifth most cap space in all of football. They're currently right around 20 million bucks under the cap. Go make the move. There's nothing to worry about here. Mike Evans has proved he's consistent. Mike Evans has proved that he's dominant. And Mike Evans has proved that it doesn't matter who's throwing him the football. He's that good. Have you ever sat, not that you would, and thought about the list of quarterbacks that have tried to hook up with Mike Lennon? It's not all that impressive. And yet, Mike Evans just continues to ball out no matter who his QB is. Tom Brady's the obvious, right? Jameis Winston, Mike Glennon, Ryan Fitzpatrick, even Josh McCowan. These are the guys that have been throwing the ball to Mike Evans. Enter Jared Goff, who had a brilliant season last season. You think Mike Evans and Jared Goff could do some damage being the second receiver to Amon Ross St. Brown? I think the answer is yes, 100%. So what would it take? What would it take to get a guy like Evans to Detroit? And I already talked about teams that could be interested. It's official. He's on the trading block. Tampa Bay is not paying him long-term. Again, it makes no sense, despite the fact that the Bucs play in a very winnable division. Go look at their team. Baker Mayfield's their quarterback. That tells you all you need to know. They're not winning this year. They understand it. They're not going to try to extend this hope or fantasy that they can win their division. 
That's kind of like the Tigers making crazy moves and giving away assets because they thought they could win the AL Central. They didn't do it, nor should they. And the Bucs should not hang on to some fantasy that they can win the division or make the postseason because they're going nowhere. You need to rebuild. And one of the chips that you would use to rebuild is Mike Evans. And they will create a bidding war for Evans. Teams that would be interested. I already talked about a couple of them, but let's get into it for a quick second. The Giants just restructured the contract to Daniel Jones just literally a day ago. Giants could be interested. You look at social media where I get all my information. Everybody believes they restructured the contract to Jones, freeing up $6 million of cap space to go out and get Mike Evans. What about the Jets stay in New York? You think Aaron Rodgers wants to throw to Mike Evans as a Jet? I would say the answer is yep. They already had the offensive rookie of the year. Add Mike Evans to that mix. Talk about dominant offense with one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to do it, two years removed from an MVP season. What about Carolina? They lost DJ Moore in the offseason. Would they want to add Mike Evans two, three years so Bryce Young could hook up with them, a veteran receiver? I would say, yeah. What about the Bears? They got DJ Moore from Carolina. You think Justin Fields would enjoy throwing the Mike Evans, making that offense even deeper and better? Yeah. Even the Colts. Anthony Richardson, the rookie, who, by the way, I think is going to be amazing, is their quarterback. You think he would like a veteran receiver to trade or to throw to? I would say, yeah. So what would it take for Evans? Everywhere that I look at stories about Mike Evans, people theorize about what the deal would be for a guy like Evans. And I usually come across a fourth-round pick this year, a fifth-round pick next year. How about undercut everybody? Give him a third-round pick, call it a deal. Bucks would jump on that in a freaking heartbeat. You might see saying, well, well, why not more? He's 30 years old, and he's a rental, and you got to give him a contract. Third-round pick, would you do it? That would be a better offer, I would assume, than any other team in the Mike Evans sweepstake would be willing to offer. And the Lions can afford it. Third-round pick for a guy that you bring here, give him an extension, and let's go to war and win some football games and go to the postseason and maybe even further. Hear what I'm saying? Third-round pick. Yes? No? Too much? It is a lot. I won't pretend like it isn't. So let's say you settle on a third-round pick. Let's just say. Then you got to pay him. Let's say you give him a Cooper Cup-type contract. Three years, 80 million bucks. Figure out the guaranteed money and everything else later, right? It's not like you can't manipulate the cap, by the way. Of course you can. Go look at the Rams. They're hurting now, but they did it for two, three, four years. There's teams that always find ways to sign guys. Somehow, some way, mysteriously. So... You got a good capologist, you can manipulate the cap. So let's say you give three years to Mike Evans. You trade for him, you sign him. Then you still are on the timeline when you can pay Amon Ra and Panay Sewell and eventually Aiden Hutchinson and all the guys that you want to end up keeping. Two, three years, he's off the books. Seems like a win-win. We think Jared Goff is your long-term quarterback. You're going to have to pay him eventually, too. Short two- to three-year contract for Mike Evans. He gets the deal he wants. He can strike in free agency one more time when that deal's over. The Lions get the guy they want. 
You have a dominant, and I do mean dominant, offense moving forward. Like, I don't see a downside here. I don't see a downside at all. And it's not like the Lions aren't interested, by the way, in a receiver. They tried the Denzel Mims thing. They ended up waving him. They had no interest in DeAndre Hopkins, who ended up, by the way, signing with Tennessee. He got a two-year deal worth 26 million bucks. Lions didn't want anything to do with him. He would have been a free agent. You didn't even have to give up anything for him other than money. If you're looking at a guy like Mike Evans, in my mind, a better receiver right now. It was thought to be that maybe Hopkins had some locker room issues. Mike Evans has none of those. You heard his agent said, not holding out, working out. But the Lions obviously want a receiver. They didn't want DeAndre Hopkins. They failed with Denzel Mims. Go give Mike Evans a home for the next two to three years. What do you say? Are you with me? Again, I keep wanting to give out the number because I think I'm doing a radio show. I think this would satisfy everybody. Lions fans get their guy. The Lions offense gets their guy. Mike Evans gets his brand new Sterling contract. And he gets a chance to win a Super Bowl or at least compete for a Super Bowl in Detroit. And as much as he likes Florida, he can go there in the offseason because they are going nowhere. Comment section. Rate, review. What do you think? Is Mike Evans going to get traded? The answer is yes. If so, shouldn't the Lions be the team trading for him? This makes so much sense. And think about how excited you would be. I don't want to wait to the trade deadline. I want to make this thing now. Make it happen. Undercut all the competition. Bring Mike Evans to Detroit. Make it happen. A lot of rumors. Sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. Now, there are media people that have reached out to the agent, Mike Evans, and he says, nothing's going on. What do you expect him to say? He also, I was reading one media person, and I do apologize, I forget his name, so I feel bad about this, but he made the reference that when he traded Haloti Nada back in the day, he was the last person to know he was getting traded. Teams just consummated the trade, and then the agent came in. So maybe he doesn't know everything. I love this idea. I have faith in the Detroit Lions. I would have unbelievable faith in how good they could be if they go out and prove their weakest room of the team, which is the receiver room. And then once you get JMO back, by the way, there's not a whole lot of pressure on him to do anything because you got Mike Evans added to the receiving mix. So comment section below, would you be down with trading for Mike Evans? Doesn't it make sense? Furthermore, give me the downside. Other than you're worried about a potential contract, paying a guy too much, and that's somehow precluding or excluding you from re-signing the free agents that you really want to re-sign coming up in a couple years. I trust Brad Holmes. I trust the front office. I let them worry about that. Sign Mike Evans. Make it happen. There you go. Please comment, rate, review, subscribe. Anyway. Time to read the comments, shall we? I always try to read a good and a bad. The good comment. Actually, a question. I like it. What was your favorite part, Rieger, about the college football weekend? I got a couple parts. Number one was Dion in Colorado. I love the fact that they took it to TCU. I love the fact that Dion's kid, Shadair Sanders, 
threw for a record in Colorado, 510 yards and four touchdowns, five touchdowns. I love Dion's post-game press conference. I like him calling out reporters that don't believe in him. It's one game, of course, and their schedule's tough. They got USC just around the corner, but I love everybody ripping on Dion, prime time, coach prime, about how we handled the transfer portal and how we decided to allow kids to stay or told them to transfer. Everybody was so certain that it was going to be a failure, and it still might be, but through one week, Dion got the gloat, which I loved. I thought that was fantastic. Without a doubt, my favorite part of the college football weekend. My second favorite part, Brian Brian Kelly getting smoked. Then after the game saying, well, we're obviously not the team that we thought we were going to be. Florida State looks like a legit playoff contender. And Brian Kelly, second year in a row that he loses to Florida State in the first game of the season. Say yes, I enjoyed that. And by the way, for all the Michigan State people, Keon Coleman for Florida State, he had eight total touchdowns with Michigan State in his first two years. He called Michigan State a two-year sentence. He said he was going to go down south and tear it up. He did. He had three touchdowns on Sunday night. And Spartan fans everywhere not happy about it at all. Like, can you blame him? Unbelievable. So, Those were some of my favorite things of the college football weekend. How about a bad comment to end things? Bad comment comes from Lee Schwartz on YouTube. Says the following. Always thought your voice sounded like a platypus blowing a kazoo from its... Uh, I got to stop there. I can't read anymore. This is family friendly, right? That's obviously ripping my voice. Which, I mean, what are you going to do? He does go on to say... Great show, though. Glad you're doing this. So there you go. Even Lee Schwartz, who thinks I sound like a platypus in some way, shape, and form, thinks it's been a good show. So we'll catch you tomorrow. It's the Daily Ticket. Please rate and review and follow and subscribe and do all that podcast stuff. We're going to be everywhere you get your podcast, plus on YouTube every day, bright and early. All right? It's been fun, everybody. We'll catch you tomorrow which will be one day away from the opener, Kansas City and Detroit. I can't wait. Best time of the year. Hope everybody enjoyed their Labor Day weekend. We'll catch you next time. See you.